0: hey friends welcome to the skyline church podcast i'm jonathan middlebrooks one of the pastors here at skyline church Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. Okay. (laughs) Tell me who's going to do that. I am so excited to be with you guys this morning. I was really hoping a little bit in my flesh that only about 10 of you would show up today since it's a holiday, but I'm so glad all of you are here. Um, We are going to continue our conversation and series on spiritual gifts. And so we'll be talking about the gift of encouragement this morning. So we're just going to dive right in because I promised Hayden that I would only talk for 20 minutes so she can be free from craziness downstairs. Um, so we're just going to dive right on in there, and we're going to see if this clicker works. And I'm not, I don't see it up there, so I'll be turning around a lot. Okay, so by way of definition, just to recap, in this series we have been working with this definition of spiritual gifts, that they are abilities sovereignly given by the Holy Spirit to build up and bless the body of Christ. And I think it's really important as we continue this conversation to note that distinction that these are, in fact, gifts of grace, not awards for spiritual behavior or performance. And the Lord really convicted me this week as I've been preparing that I give lip service to this truth, that these are gifts of grace, there's nothing that we do to earn them, and it's not a competition between us about who gets what. Um, I, consciously I believe that's true, but I operate and feel most of the time like that the opposite is true. That I operate from this lie that says everyone else is more gifted than I am. And it's because they deserve to be for whatever reason. They've put in more time in the prayer room or more time in the word or they've given more of themselves in community or generosity. Whatever the reason, I live from this place that says everyone else has more because they deserve it and I don't. So as we begin this morning, I really would love to just pause, and I'm going to assume that many of you are like I am in that, that you know it's true, but when it comes down to it, we live and operate from this place that says other people have more. So let's just pray for a second as we enter in, close our eyes, and begin to have a quick little dialogue with the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, would you come now and speak your truth to our hearts? And we say that we will not partner with lies anymore. That is such a pervasive tool of the enemy to hinder the growth of your church. And we won't partner with it anymore. So would you settle your truth in our hearts That these gifts are truly sourced from you, by you, at your discretion, by your sovereign hand, and it's for your glory and the good of your body. So we love you and pray that you would be glorified in this place, in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're going to start with the gift of encouragement, which we have already seen this uh, verse in Romans 12, before in this series. And this is where this gift is listed. It's not an exhausted, exhaustive list of gifts, but we see this gift of encouragement here. And uh, Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. Again, not an award. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So this word, encouragement... Um, I'm going to have to do the word nerd thing because I love that. And I'm just going to invite you on a little journey with me. This word in the Greek is called uh, paraklesis and it's translated to comfort or console. It also sometimes is translated exhortation, which means to appeal or to implore, to urge someone to action. So this gift of encouragement has connotations of both bringing comfort where it's needed and also urging to action. Um, the word paraclesis may sound familiar to you, and that's because it is very, very similar to a word translated Holy Spirit, which is the paraclete. And John actually writes about the Holy Spirit in this way, using this word multiple times in his gospel and it can be translated the counselor the comforter the advocate so it's one who is sent to assist another and one definition i found that was so beautiful this week is that the paraclete the holy spirit the comforter is one whose influence and operation work to compensate for the departure of jesus himself so Holy Spirit, our Comforter, was the one sent to us to take the place of Jesus when he physically left the earth so we wouldn't be alone. Isn't that beautiful? So to operate in this supernatural gift of encouragement is simply to let the presence of the Comforter himself, the Counselor himself, to flow through us to other people to build them up, to comfort, to strengthen, to appeal them to them, to turn their eyes to Jesus. Um, I think it's really important to distinguish between what the difference is between the supernatural spiritual gift of encouragement and just your regular old run-of-the-mill natural encouragement, a boy. Um, And we've probably all been the recipient of both of those things. And when it's natural encouragement, it's great. Often when I receive that, I feel like, oh, that was so sweet, or that person is so nice. And that's amazing. We need nice people. Um, But when the spirit of the living God himself breathes on a word that is spoken to you, it makes your heart alive in a way that nothing else can. So, this morning, I want us to talk about and just look at a few markers of what spirit-breathed encouragement or the gift of encouragement looks like. So, spirit-breathed encouragement. One thing um, that happens when the Lord breathes on a word In that moment when your heart comes alive, it instantly connects you to a place in the Father's heart where you have hope where you didn't have any before, you have peace that doesn't make any sense at all, and you have faith to keep following Jesus no matter the cost. So... As we look at the spirit-breathed encouragement, I thought we could spend just a few minutes focusing on um, like three little snippets from the life of Barnabas, who was one of the early disciples. And we first meet him in Acts 4. And... um, we see this picture starting in verse 32 of the early church and how they operated together. So they were, it says there was much grace upon them all. They shared everything. They operated in great gifts of power. And there we go. Um, they, uh, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, they, there was much grace upon them and they often sold things and brought the money to distribute to the needy among them so we first meet barnabas Um, it says that joseph is his given name he was a levite from cyprus and the apostles called him barnabas which means son of encouragement and he sold a field that he owned and he brought the money and he put it at the feet of the apostles to be distributed to those in need so in just this one sentence we learn a lot about our guy He was already well-known among the apostles and other believers, and he had a reputation for being an encourager. So, Son of Encouragement, they nicknamed him One Born of Encouragement. And I think that is really beautiful. To to be known, to let the Holy Spirit flow through you so beautifully and um, starkly, that everyone around you says, man, that is just who you are. You have encouragement in your DNA, it is just your makeup. So we see that um, there's this supernatural grace on his life as an encourager. Um, His nickname actually stuck because he's mentioned like 30-ish times in the rest of the Bible, but every time he's called Barnabas, he's never mentioned by his given name again. So, he is the encourager. We also see that he was a Levite by birth, and that uh, Levite means that he was born into the tribe of Levi, and they were the priestly uh, tribe of Israel. They This was the tribe that Aaron and Moses were born into as priests, and the whole purpose Of the Levite tribe was they were set apart for the service of the temple and to steward the presence of God. And that is so significant to me that this one who was born to steward and tend the presence of God was also born of encouragement. So as we operate in this gift, we are letting, we're spending time in this presence of God as a priest, And then we're letting the Holy Spirit flow through us. And fun fact, in Revelation 1, Jesus says He has made us to be priests as well. So we were designed, we were born again into this priestly tribe. And our purpose is to house the presence of God. Like He actually lives in us. He calls us His temple, which is beautiful. So... Um, Also, the fact that Barnabas was a Levite had some implications for his owning land. And that's a little deeper dive than we're going to do today. But um, for whatever reason, he owned this field. It could have been his inheritance. He may have worked for it. But um, for whatever reason, I think it's safe to assume that when you own a piece of land and you sell it and you give all the proceeds to people in need, I think it's safe to assume that is as a sacrifice. I mean, I have never sold anything and given everything away. So, there is, we see again, this supernatural grace on the life of Barnabas. Oh, thanks, Perry. <laughs> You're serving me. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Perry, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, we see this supernatural grace. So, spirit breathed encouragement flows from the Holy Spirit with supernatural grace. So the source is the Holy Spirit, and it has supernatural grace on it. I heard um, one thing this week that said when we operate in our supernatural giftings, that there is maximum effectiveness and minimal weariness. Which, what a relief. We can stop trying so hard. All we have to do is let him flow through us, and he will pour his grace out. Um, Okay, we're going to keep moving on. Um, The next time we see Barnabas is in Acts 9, and this is right after Saul's life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus. And um, you probably remember the story before he met Jesus, Saul was on a life mission to destroy anybody who believed in Jesus. And so after he has this encounter and he's completely changed on a heart level and it changed his life, um, he wants to go and join the other apostles and disciples in Jerusalem. And as you could imagine, they are not super keen on welcoming murder guy into their circle. So, Barnabas steps in, and we see here in Acts 9, uh, verse 27, but Barnabas... Well, actually, let's back up. When Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed and they accepted him. So, Barnabas vouches for Saul, and he is so trustworthy that the apostles say, okay, if if you trust him, Barnabas, then we'll trust him. And so, I thought that was a really important point, that spirit-breathed encouragement actually sees people in their true identity. And Barnabas looked beyond fear, because he had to have been afraid, He put his reputation on the line, his relationships, and maybe even his life. Like, if if Saul had not really changed and he was faking it and was just trying to infiltrate, then there was probably real fear there. But Barnabas looked beyond all of that to see the true identity of who Saul was and called it into being. And he was willing to stand with him in that. So if we go back to our little Greek word, parakaleo or paraklesis, if we break that down, para means from, with, or beside. And kaleo means to call. And I love how the Lord has authored languages to mean such powerful, beautiful things. Um, But when we mash all of that together and the spirit of encouragement, we get, I'm operating in the gift so truth flows from the Holy Spirit and I stand with or beside you and I call you into your true identity. That is beautiful. Only he can do that. Um, So we see also that as Barnabas calls him into his identity, he vouches for him or stands beside him then that also propels him toward his God-given purpose. So, that's our next point. Spirit-breathed encouragement sees something in someone and then calls it out and propels them toward their God-given purpose. This Saul is the same one who was later known as Paul, who went on all the missionary journeys and impacted countless people. I mean, for generations, thousands of years, there's probably no way to quantify how much impact Paul has had in the church around the world. And I just imagine what would have happened if Barnabas had not said, you should let him in as a believer. I think God probably would have still accomplished his purpose because that's what he does, but he uses us to catapult us into our God-given purpose and destiny, which I think there could have been a different outcome and things could have been a lot harder for both Saul and the church and the apostles if Barnabas had not been faithful to call call that out in him. Um, Okay, next, we're just going to keep moving right along. Um, Spirit-breathed encouragement points people to Jesus. And in Acts 11, that verse we just read, if we keep going... Nope, actually, you weren't there yet. Um, I'm going to let you catch up with me. In Acts 11, Barnabas has been sent by the apostles to Antioch. And he, um, when he arrived there... He saw the evidence of the grace of God in their lives. So again, he sees their true identity. He sees what God's doing in them. And it says he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. So this um, calling out and pointing in the direction of Jesus also lines up with what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John Fifteen twenty six. Six. when he said, the, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you, the spirit of truth will testify about me. So the whole objective and purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, to draw attention to him, to put him on display, to testify about him. So it stands to reason that if the spirit of encouragement, the counselor himself, is going to flow through us in this gifting, it's going to testify to Jesus and point others to him. Um, Okay. Spirit-breathed encouragement also strengthens and expands the church. Uh, It's not going. Okay, there we go. So um, Acts 11, if we keep reading, it says that um, Barnabas... Was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So we see this strengthening of individual believers, but also it multiplies. So it builds up the church in number because he was faithful, and just his presence in Antioch did those things because he was releasing the Holy Spirit and encouragement. First um, Thessalonians three, Paul says this about Timothy when he sent him. Um, to the church there he said that we sent Timothy to you to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so one of the things that the gift of encouragement is for is to build up and strengthen individual believers which then builds up and strengthens the whole body Um, okay then our last point we're just moving right along we're doing it Um, Spirit-breathed encouragement. Oh, I need to go backwards. I don't know where that slide is, but the next one is that it stirs hope and joy. Lucas has given me the thing. Um, So I really think this answers the main question of why we even need this gift. When, When the Spirit of God breathes on a word that we speak to someone else, It stirs hope and joy like nothing else can. And why? Why do we need that? Because I'm sure you're aware life can be so incredibly hard. And we are desperate for hope. We're desperate for joy in the midst of suffering and sorrow and uncertainty. And when the Comforter Himself comes and speaks, it just changes everything. And a quick example of, from my own life in this is a few years ago, I was in the absolute hardest season. If you were around me at all a few years ago, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Two out of three of my kids were really, really struggling. And there was some other stuff going on in my family. We were financially strapped. My mom was terminally ill. Things were hard. And I wore the heaviness of it like a coat. And I had no idea it was even possible to throw that thing off. And in those years, in that season, I had several people give me life-giving words of hope to hang on to, but one in particular changed everything for me. And it was from my spiritual mother. Her name is Jan. One day, I was with her, and she wrapped her arms around me, and she said, you cannot carry your kids' sadness. Jesus is doing that. And it pierced my heart it did something in that moment where I was broken free and it was like a giant floodlight lit up this dark cave that I'd been living in. And it wasn't like I had jumped from that place of darkness and heaviness to instant, like, full-on living in freedom. But from that moment on, I began to live and learn how to live in the truth that God is a good father to my kids, that he has them in the palm of his hand and that nothing I can do, nothing they can do will cause them to slip through his fingers. My kids are great because Jesus has them. No matter what they face, I do not have to live with the lie that says my grief and my sorrow and my worry can somehow save them. Because it can't. Only Jesus can do that. And I, it is incredible to live in that place. To not be weighed down because that thing was about to take me out. I was too tired to keep going, but this word of hope that broke this free in my heart gave me hope where I hadn't had any, and it gave me renewed energy to keep living into my calling and it gave me renewed faith to keep worshiping the creator of the universe, the one who holds all things in his hand. So, I stand here this this morning just wanting you to know that you get that too. He has that for you. And as we move through this life, He is calling on us to look, to open our eyes, and to see other people for who he's made them to be, and then speak words of life into them, so that he gets the glory, his church is built up, and the kingdom is expanded. So, my prayer for us this morning is, I did see this on the screen, What Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, this is my prayer for you as well. May the God of hope, may the God of all hope, fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and as they do, I, I just want to pray over us, and I really sense the Lord wanting to invite us in to a couple of things this morning just as a community. One, I think He wants to activate and awaken this gift of encouragement, this gift of letting the Holy Spirit flow through us to speak life-giving words to others. Um, So I want want to pray for that. But then also, I really sense that if you're in a place where you are weighed down with worry or uncertainty or you've lost hope or peace, um, you're not sure where to turn or if you can keep going, I really think he wants to breathe some new life into you this morning. So... We are actually going to just spend another few minutes worshiping and we're going to sing a song and as we do, would you just begin to talk to him and ask him what he has to say this morning. It might be for you. It might be for someone else. But I know that he's going to begin to release just his spirit, his presence, the comforter himself. So as he does that, I would encourage you, if he gives you a word for yourself, write it down, pray through it, let him seal it in your heart. If he gives you something for someone else that's in this room, go, go and tell them, speak it over them, pray it over them. If he gives you something for someone who's not here, write it down and make a point to make contact today or tomorrow and speak life into them.